Today, we are going to detach ourselves from our internal dialogue and use this practice throughout the day, not only during formal meditation, but during our daily routine. What I want to discuss with you today is not a particularly difficult technique, but it takes a lot of effort to bring it to mind during your usual daily life and is best practiced in addition to your regular formal seated meditation. Thank you for listening. I am looking forward to sharing this practice with you today. My name is Lewis and this is Budo, The Martial Way. Internal Dialogue The voice with which you speak to yourself inside your head throughout the day. How vocal is it? It is my understanding that some people speak to themselves more, others maybe a little less. And there are actually some people, this is very rare, but there are some people who apparently have absolutely no internal dialogue whatsoever. It's very interesting, you can look it up online. But I think it's safe to say that most of us do talk to ourselves in our head. We do have that internal monologue. And it's certainly something that all my students complain about when they begin practicing meditation. Everyone says it, that when they begin to meditate, they always become distracted and start talking to themselves in their mind. Well, we know that's not really a problem. Being aware of the distraction and returning to the point of concentration, that is the practice of meditation. We've been over this a hundred times, but this is very important to what I'm trying to establish here. So to make sure you understand everything that I'm trying to share and to make sure we're all on the same page, let's go through all the details from the start. As we meditate, the most fundamental practice of meditation is to develop concentration. We can do this by focusing our mind on a point of concentration. I recommend counting the breaths. Some people use a mantra, look at a candle, body scanning, noting. There are lots of fun options. Now, as you meditate, eventually you will become distracted, usually by your restless, wandering mind. That's fine. That's totally normal. When you realize you have been distracted, what do you do? You return to the point of concentration. Concentration, distraction, realization, concentration. We repeat this cycle again and again during meditation. What is it that distracts us? Well, there are the qualities of outer scene, sight, sound, body sensation. But these aren't the things that distract us, not really. What distracts us is our judgment of this content. It is the qualities of inner self, which are mental talk, mental image, and body sensation. What I want to focus on here is that first one, mental talk, the voice with which we speak to ourselves inside our mind. Something that is very important within meditation is the understanding that these qualities of inner self, it is vital that you do not associate yourself with them. 
The qualities of outer scene, sight, sound, body sensation, it is easy enough to accept that these qualities come from outside of your awareness. These things you see, the sounds you hear, the sensations you physically feel, we understand that these come to us from outside of our conscious awareness. What we also need to understand is that our thoughts also come from outside of our conscious awareness. I know I've gone over all this before, but I'm building up to something a little new. If you're familiar with all of this so far, please bear with me. So, within the practice of meditation, formal seated meditation, as we sit and as we count the breaths or any of the other similar techniques that we practice, we understand that the thoughts we experience, they come to our awareness from the outside. Just like the sounds we hear with our ears, they are external to the core of our pure awareness. Some people may say, well, I can control the voice in my mind. That's me thinking those thoughts. Okay then. If that's you thinking the thoughts, if you are truly in control of those thoughts, then I beg you, please be silent. Try it. If you can really control the voice in your head, then simply stop talking. Can't do it, can you? Think of it like this. Rather than having full control over that voice, you have partial control. It's like you're breathing or blinking your eyes. You can control your breathing and choose to blink when you consciously think about it, but you will also continue to do those things even when you don't think about it. So you don't really fully control them. They are processes that continue of their own accord that you can influence when you put your mind to it, just like the voice in your head. So this voice in my mind, if it's not me, then who is it? Well, that's the ego. Again, if you have an understanding of philosophy, psychology, or Buddhism, you are probably already aware of this, but please allow me to quickly go over it again before we get onto the actual techniques that I would like you to practice. So this voice inside your head, that's your ego, and your ego is not you. You see, when we think of ourselves, we build an image of who we think we are. I think to myself, well, my name's Lewis, I'm British, I'm a personal trainer, I've worked in security, I am a son to my parents, a brother to my siblings, a teacher to my students, and I'm also a student to my teachers. And as of last month, I'm a father to my son. That's a new one, that'll take some getting used to. But none of these things are real. They're not a solid, tangible thing that actually exists. They are ideas, concepts we use to contextualize the relationships we have with the people around us. Let me put it this way. Have you ever worked in retail? Ever worked in a restaurant or any kind of customer-facing position? When you're at work, working in a shop as an employee, think about who you are then. You have the ego of a shop employee. You serve the customers. 
But then when you stop working, when you go to another shop, you become the customer and the employees in that shop serve you. There's a role reversal. You pick up and put down these different egos as the situation presents itself. So who is the real me? That is the Buddha self, the purity of consciousness. It has many names within many practices, but what it is not, it is not the petty characters you choose to associate yourself with day by day. This is why identity politics is so unhealthy. Because trying to associate yourself with your race, your gender, your political affiliation, all of these things are so flimsy, so transient. But let's not get distracted by that. Here we reach the conclusion of what I have been leading up to, the practice I have been implementing recently that I would like to share with you. I hope it will become clear why I needed to explain everything we've been through so far, to make sure that we're all on the same page, so you'll understand what I am trying to describe to you. As I said before, within formal seated meditation, it is a normal practice to associate ourselves with pure awareness. Pure unfiltered awareness, which itself does not desire or reject anything. It has no opinion, no judgments. It simply is. It watches, it listens, with no judgment of anything. Perfect equanimity. As we sit and as we meditate, it is not so hard to imagine that our thoughts come from outside of ourselves to become aware of them, and then to put them aside and return to our point of concentration. Concentration, distraction, realization, concentration. The trick is it becomes a bit more difficult when we stand up from the cushion and we go out into our regular lives. When we busy ourselves with our daily routine, we have so many things to deal with. We are engaged with so much content. Within all that constant distraction, it becomes very difficult to return to that place of pure awareness. I was listening to an interview with Daniel Ingram sometime a year or so ago. He's the author of the acclaimed book, Mastering the Core Teachings of the Buddha. He talked about the importance of practicing meditative techniques throughout the day in those little micro opportunities for meditation when we're on the train or waiting in a queue or in an elevator, all those little moments in which we can just stop and practice awareness. They add up to a lot when you really apply yourself to capitalizing on these opportunities. Of course, I would also like to remind you that as important as those moments are, nothing can replace the practice of formal seated meditation. These small moments of awareness are to be practiced in addition to formal meditation. They are not a replacement. Don't get lazy with your practice. A while ago, I think it was sometime last year, it may have even been the year before, I was climbing a mountain here in Yamanashi. The mountain I was climbing is not a famous mountain at all. Actually, it is surrounded by several more popular mountains. 
So as I climbed this mountain from start to finish, all the way up and all the way down, I did not see a single other person, not a soul. And I was climbing by myself. So basically, I had an entire day of perfect solitude. It was beautiful. I love solo hikes, going out in nature, in the forest, up high into the mountains alone. No civilization, no traffic, no shops, no adverts, no people. It is beautiful. Everyone needs to reconnect with nature like this. So as I walked, as I hiked through the trees and along the paths, what do you think happened? Well, I was talking to myself <laughs> a lot, pretty much the whole way. That's what happens, isn't it? Your mind fills the void. This is why some people are so desperate to listen to music or watch YouTube or social media all the time because they're terrified of being alone with their thoughts. So as I walked and as I thought, sometimes I would count the breaths or repeat my daily mantra. I always recite my mantra a few times when I'm climbing a mountain. But of course, going up into the mountains for five or so hours, I can't silence my voice completely for the entire time. So what I began to do, now here's the key, I imagined as though, rather than thinking that I am the person speaking, Rather than thinking that I am the voice talking to someone else, I swapped it. I imagined that the voice I can hear is someone else talking to me. That's it. That's the whole practice. I know it sounds very simple, and we've come all this way just to say that, but as simple as it is, I think you will actually find it very, very difficult to do. Certainly, it is extremely difficult to practice consistently. Normally, when I'm talking to myself, when I'm narrating or commenting on something within my mind, I usually feel like I'm the one talking, like I'm talking to someone else. There's someone else listening to me. Because that's what we normally do, isn't it? When we have a conversation, only I can speak with my voice and the other person listens to my voice. Or right now, I'm speaking into a microphone and you, at some later date, are listening to my voice. But as I hiked, as that voice spoke inside my mind, that voice that sounds perfectly like me, rather than thinking that it was me talking... I imagined that it was another person speaking to me. Who is it? Well, that's the ego, isn't it? That is Lewis talking to me. Lewis, the martial artist, the Englishman, the teacher, whoever it is. That's the ego talking to me, the character, the projection. Who am I? I am the awareness of that voice. I'm the listener, the silent observer. Remember, and this is vital, the awareness has no opinion of anything. The awareness does not judge, does not comment, does not respond. 
As soon as you have an opinion about anything, as soon as you respond to anything, that is just the ego taking control again. You see, it's interesting because this sounds to me a lot like disassociative identity disorder. Now, I don't really know anything about identity disorders. That's outside my field of expertise. But what I understand of it is that people who suffer from this or such similar identity disorders feel that they have multiple personalities or different people inside their head. But as we established before, we do have multiple personalities inside our heads. That's completely normal. I am a son to my parents and also a parent to my own son. We switch roles naturally all the time. And that voice you can hear inside your mind, that's not you. That's the ego speaking. Of course, in our day-to-day -day lives, we smoothly switch between roles as the situation determines. I guess people who have these disorders have trouble integrating them together. But in a way, they are awakened, awakened to the reality that none of these characters are truly themselves. Maybe they just need to keep going and disassociate entirely. Now there's a taste of enlightenment. So this has been my practice recently, and this is what I want you to try. Again, we're still sitting down and practicing formal seated meditation as always, but beyond that, in your daily life, during your regular routine, when you notice yourself just talking to yourself about something, that little voice nattering away inside your mind, don't try to silence the voice. Just understand that the voice is your ego, your little buddy, the character you play as, speaking to you inside your mind. And who are you? You are the listener. That is all. You have no judgment, no opinion, no response to give. Like a smiling Buddha, at peace with whatever he hears, you are simply listening. That is all. I hope you found that interesting. I know for some of you, we've covered a lot of old ground, talked about things you already know. And at the end of all that, my advice is pretty simple. The voice you can hear is not you. It is your ego speaking to you. Disassociate yourself from the ego, connect with the awareness. The idea is pretty straightforward when you are familiar with the practice of meditation and the mechanisms of the ego and everything else. But don't let that fool you into thinking it's easy. Actually implementing this, actually practicing it consistently throughout the day is extremely hard. It's really, really hard. But if you can do it repeatedly again and again, slowly but surely, you will begin to shift your perspective. And when you shift that perspective enough, you'll change your whole perception of reality. And that will change your life. Give it a try. 
As always, I have no sponsors. <laughs> if you enjoyed the content, if you would like to support me and my work, actually, if you would like to support me and my family, my son, can you believe it? I'm a father now. I really love that little man so much. He is my life now. Everything is for him. So if you would like to support my son, please consider buying a copy of my book, The Marshall Method. You can get it in paperback on Amazon, or if you check out Gumroad, you can also get the audiobook alongside your digital copy. Enter the code BECOMETHEWAY, all lowercase, all one word, to get 20% off your Gumroad purchase. Links to everything can be found on budo.card.co, that's B-U-D-O dot C-A-R-R-D dot C-O, or on Twitter at WayBudo. And thank you to everyone who has already purchased a copy. Thank you really doesn't go far enough to express my gratitude, but that is all I can say for now. So, thank you. I hope you're all having a fantastic week. It will be Christmas very, very soon. Then New Year 2023. What does the future hold for us? Well, if we continue to practice the way, we will be delivered from our suffering. If we continue to aim our sights upward, always to act in accordance with virtue, then whatever happens, we can be safe in the knowledge that we have played our part and we have played it well. For those on the way, become the way. God bless and see you next time.